Hi, and welcome to my Independence Report, the podcast that no one listens to except me. Since no one's listening, I have the freedom to say what's in my heart and to create anything I want. (laughs) How good is that? At least for me. So now I'm going to present new ideas, thoughts, and comments on past and current events, stories from my job, a view from the seat, as well as the best of, episodes from the various shows I did in the past, and even stories about life between lives called Death Isn't Real. So since no one really knows about this podcast, I might as well get started. And oh, by the way, thanks for not listening. Hello, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. I got to tell you, uh, over the course of my life, I've had a bunch of surgeries, and two of them are hip replacement surgeries. Both of those surgeries were done by Dr. William Barrett at Valley Medical Center. He is now with ProLiant Surgeons at Valley, and they have a hip replacement wing that he is in charge of. He is one of the best on the West Coast, and if you have hip pain, if you feel like you need to get a hip replacement, he's the one to see. Their program at Valley is nothing short of remarkable. They have a whole wing dedicated to just hip and knee replacements. So when you go in there and you have surgery on either a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning, you're out by Thursday or Friday. You're able to walk and they have you up the same day. Their protocol is just second to none. It's just something to behold. And I hope that you'll listen to this entire interview because I think it will do you well to go talk to Dr. Barrett at Valley Medical Center. He is, and this is ProLiant Surgeons. Um, The number that we feature is still active and real, so you can give him a call, book an appointment, and go and get taken care of what needs to get done so you can live your life better. I'm here to tell you that had I not had those surgeries with him, I would be either one of two things. I would either be in a wheelchair or I'd be dead. Most likely, I would be dead. So I owe my life to Dr. Barrett and his magical work. Um... And I hope that you'll take advantage of this opportunity to get to know him a little bit and enjoy this interview. Again, this is uh, Dr. William Barrett from ProLiant Surgeons in Renton, Washington. Please enjoy. My next guest is a a wonderful man. And quite frankly, um, and I don't say this lightly because I don't mean it to be lightly, but he literally changed my life. Um, and I'll give you some background. When I went to see, first of all, I, I want to run through this because I think it's important and because I spent a whole bunch of money that I didn't need to, to do a bunch of things that, that, and to find out what was really wrong with me. I had back surgery. Like, yeah, I know I'm a mess. I've had back surgery. I've had hip replacement surgery. I'm working on it. All right. Um, but after my back surgery and I was working out to get in shape, I started feeling pain, not in my hip, but in my knee and in my groin area, in my inner thigh. And I thought it was all back related. I thought that perhaps the, uh, the surgery that it did on my back wasn't quite right. So a- after a couple of years of increasing pain and, and seeing a chiropractor and doing all the things that I'd done with my back over the years to try and fix it, I went and had an MRI done. And the MRI they did on my back, and they spent as six to six sixteen hundred dollars of my own money because my insurance at that time didn't want to cover it, and to try and figure out what was wrong with my back because I couldn't. I was limping all the time now. 
by this point, and I couldn't walk very well. And so I went to a, a back specialist, and he looked at the MRI, and he said, mm, nope, that's not the problem. And I said, what do you mean that's not the problem? I paid for the MRI. It better be the problem. And he said, no, that's that. I'm sorry, that's not it. So I sat on the edge of the bed, and, you know, the bed that's in the, in the uh, um, examination room. And uh, he said, uh, and he took my ankle on my left foot, and he moved it side to side. And he said, tell me when this hurts. And he moved it a little bit to the inside, and I screamed. And then he moved it a bit to the outside, and I screamed. And he said, it's not your back, it's your hip. And he did a quick x-ray, and he, he said, okay, I'm not a hip doctor. I'm a back doctor. So, I, but I, so I'm advocating that you go find a good hip doctor because you've got a hip problem. I said, terrific. So I talked to some people, and I knew a guy who had had a double hip replacement. And the advice that he gave me is this. Don't go to somebody who does this part-time. Don't go to a guy who's a general surgeon who does the stuff, you know, amongst other stuff. Go to a guy who's, like, done a lot of them. So I did my research, and I found a guy who did and does a lot of them. But more than that, I've subsequently found out does even more than that. So anyway, I went to him and uh, uh, he said, yep, 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 yep. You got a bad, you got a hip problem and uh, it's not going to go away. You've got, you've got two choices. You can limp or you can have it replaced. And when, we, when I bring him on in just a moment, there's another segue to that that I need to go through because my sister had an identical thing. We, we're, our family's a mess with hips. So he's a, we're a cash cow for a hip doctor. Anyway, um, so we were talking about that, about getting the, the hip done. And he said, you just need to go do it. And uh, so we went and did it. And in the two years since, I no longer walk with a limp. I have no pain in the hip whatsoever. It is phenomenal. I can walk. I can do everything that I could before. I can't run, but quite frankly, <laughs> I never could run before. So it didn't really matter. Um, so in any event, Dr. Barrett literally changed my life. He changed my wife's life because she had to live with me before that. And now she doesn't, she still lives with me, but she doesn't have to live with that guy. She lives with the new me. Dr. Barrett, how are you? Kevin, I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm telling you, I've been looking forward to having you here since the show started in January. And I'm glad we finally could hook up because you're such a busy guy. Well, I'm a busy guy, but you're a tough guy to get to come back into the clinic. So I think uh, <laughs> Shelly dragged you back for your follow-up and I had to owe you this trip back to see you. That's right. That was a negotiation process that we went through because because I was part of a study. And you are part of a study, an ongoing study. An ongoing study. And the reason that I'm part of the study is, who knew? Not only are you a great hip doctor, you developed your own hip. Well, I was one of the developers of a hip that's being used now. And uh, the way we make sure that this works is that we keep track of all of our patients. We have people come back for regular follow-up like yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to negotiate with them to get them to come back into <laughs> clinic because of busy schedules like you lead. And uh, that way, we, we ensure that the data that we give patients and the information that we give patients is true and accurate. Absolutely. And true and accurate information is a real big key to what you do. Because I want to go down a road with you a little bit. Because in the process of me finding out that, number one, I had a bad hip and, there was, and glycosamine and some of those things weren't going to be able to rebuild enough cartilage to make a difference. And I identified that I had to have it done. My sister went through an identical situation, and she went to a um, a surgeon, a doctor, and she is four and a half years older than I am. So that makes her, at the time, she was like 48. And the doctor said to her, which is happening, I believe, all over the country, said to her, you know, you need a new hip. 
No question about that. But you're too young. You need to wait until you're at least in your mid-50s. Late 50s would be preferable because they last 15 years and we want it to be your lifespan. And so she took that advice and she decided not to seek another opinion, which I suspect a lot of people do when they talk to a surgeon. And uh, when I went in search of a hip doctor, I didn't find that that answer was going to be acceptable because I was going to have to be on medication like she was taking pain medication every day. She was taking anti-inflammatories, and it was hurting her health and doing a bunch of other stuff. And I didn't really want to be on pain meds for 10 years. So when I came to you and I said, I was so pleased because when you came in after reviewing the x-rays, you said, yeah, 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 you need a new hip. And at which point I figured I'd start the argument, well, I'd like it now. And you'd say, well, no, we need to wait until you're, and what did you tell me? Well, I think life's full of choices. And when we approach a young person like yourself who has hip disease, you have to decide, is it worthwhile going on, like you say, for years with pain medicine, anti-inflammatory medication, when you're really almost at the end of your rope as far as pain is concerned, or fixing your hip now with the realization that it's going to need to be redone. And you can do a hip more than once. The results decline every time you do it. But I think it's a quality of life issue that everybody has to weigh. And we never tell people they have to have their hip done. We say, look, you can, you can do this if you like. Uh, and the quality of life issue that you weigh is either I get pain relief now and enjoy that for the next 15 or so years and then have to go through another operation, or I continue to hurt and use the pain medication and the anti-inflammatories, which have some downsides as well when used for a prolonged period of time. So uh, I tell patients, uh, everybody has a length of rope they reach the end of, and when you reach the end of that rope, then you come talk to me and we'll talk about getting it fixed. Uh, In the ideal world, everybody would be 65 that we do hip and knee replacements on, but we don't live in an ideal world, so then we have to deal with reality. And the reality is sometimes people are younger than we'd like them to be, but we still have to fix them and get them back on their feet. But you also told me the thing that gave me a great deal of hope is that 25% of your practice is redos, isn't it? That's correct. And uh, maybe that's hope for you. That's not so optimistic for me. I have to do a lot of (laughs) revisions. Fortunately, these aren't patients of mine, but but patients who've had prior total hips 10, 20 years ago and they reach the end of their life expectancy and as far as the hips or the knee is concerned, they need to be redone. So my practice is a lot of revisions, uh, but still fortunately 75% of what I do are primary total joint replacements. Well, the first thing that crossed my mind is is that if I was going to have it done and I was 44 years at the time, I was going to have to have it done again if if I was going to live past you know, 65, 70 years old, which I fully intend to do. So I knew going in that I, I had a choice. I could either be on pain meds for the next 10 to 15 years and a deteriorating situation. And it's kind of like, you know, a downward spiral because I couldn't walk, so I couldn't get in shape, so I gained weight, which caused me to not be able to walk, so I'd gain weight, which caused me to walk less. And so it would be a downward spiral and I would end up not being able to walk. Yeah, it tends to be the ultimate catch-22 because as you hurt more, you have uh, difficulty exercising, like you mentioned. And when we can't exercise, we tend to gain weight unless we change our diet dramatically and we tend to get a little depressed, so we eat more. And so it is. It's a, a situation that doesn't have a good resolution until you do something to change that situation. Yeah, the only thing that I, I would have had to wait to, until I couldn't get up physically and walk to the refrigerator. 
<laughs> and you know, and then then maybe I would lose weight. But but other than that, it just wouldn't happen. So we're talking with Dr. William Barrett. He is the head of, and we need to talk about that when we come back. Exactly what I should call you as being the head of the Valley Medical Center's Joint Replacement Clinic or or wing. Would that be fair? Yeah, the Valley uh, Joint uh, Center for Joint Replacement at Valley Medical Center. And you are you're the head guy. Well, I'm the head guy. I helped develop that, and fortunately, the hospital was insightful enough to let us uh, follow a plan and vision that we had, and it's worked out real well. And when we come back, I want to talk about why, if you're going to have this surgery, you need to go to a place exactly like Dr. Barrett has put together. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to KKNW 1150 AM. We are talking to Dr. William Barrett. He is from uh, Valley Medical Center. Actually, you're from Valley, you're from the, what's the name of the of, of the office that you are actually in? Our office is called Valley Orthopedic Associates. We're Correct. part of ProLiance Surgeons, which is a large group throughout the greater Seattle area of 130 general surgeons and orthopedic surgeons. How did you get hooked up with Valley Medical Center in putting together the the joint replacement wing? Well, our office had been down in Renton next to the hospital for about 25 years. I joined the practice back in 1986 after being here at the university and then traveling back to Boston for a year. And I specialize in joint replacement. We had a community-based hospital that uh, did a fair number of joint replacements but didn't really concentrate on that. And there are a lot of great hospitals in the greater Seattle area, and they do a wonderful job. And I thought that we had the opportunity as a smaller hospital to really develop more of a boutique uh, wing for joint replacement and specialize in something and do one thing and do that very well. So we opened the Center for Joint Replacement in April of 2000. It's a, a special ward where patients who have joint replacement surgery, be it hip, knee, or shoulder, go to after surgery. They spend their rehab there. They spend the two to three to four days in the hospital after their surgery. And the nurses, the therapists, everybody who takes care of them do nothing other than take care of patients who've had joint replacements. So it makes for a, uh, a recovery that I think is unique and an experience that's quite beneficial. So uh, we've been doing that now uh, a little over three years and been quite happy with the results. I hope that everyone listening has perfectly healthy joints and that nobody ever has to go and have a hip or knee or shoulder replaced. However, if your quality of life is not what you'd like it to be, I highly recommend that you go to, if not Valley, and talk to Dr. Barrett himself to a place like that. And I'll tell you why, because I have personal experience with it. The experience that I had was was this. First of all, they have a, a uh, seminar that you go to prior to where they sit down and they explain everything to you. Then they schedule surgeries for Monday morning and Tuesday mornings. And everybody has their surgery done Monday or Tuesday. You're in the ward directly after surgery. And in my case, I had mine like at 7.30 on a Monday morning. I was home Thursday at noon, which was extraordinary for me. And But what the reason that I was it was so good for me is that they knew exactly what they were doing. The nurses knew it was a timetable. It was like clockwork. They knew when to take it. They knew when to give me my medication. They, I didn't have to monitor my medication because it's important. Well, why don't talk about the medication angle of, of what that is? Well, Kevin, I think one of the things that we've done that's a bit unique, at least when we started this three years ago, is a, an intensive pain protocol after surgery. The idea being that we want to have you comfortable enough that you can get up and exercise but not over-medicated, so you just lie in bed feeling drugged all day long. So we use a combination of anti-inflammatory medication, good old Tylenol, 
as well as narcotic pain medication, both short and long acting. And what we can do is titrate your pain to a level that you're comfortable but fully awake and functional. And we do that in combination with various blocks that the anesthesia department does. And so by using this combination approach to pain relief, we get people up and around. And like you say, we follow a fairly uh, regimented pattern of rehabilitation. In a way, it's like going to camp. You get up, you do the same thing with all the other campers. You see everybody else walking up and down the hall, and there is some peer pressure to get out of bed, get walking, because you see grandma, who's 85 years old, walking down the hall after a total hip replacement, and you as a 44-year-old think, geez, I better get up and get going here. She's going to beat me out the door. Well, and the nurses make that pretty apparent, too. I, I think you look across the hallway, and you'll see somebody else getting up. You think, boy, I better get up. And the nurses, the therapists, again, they, they're very motivated. Sometimes they accuse us of hiring people from former the former Soviet Union to get you up and get you going, but really their uh, their interests are, are getting you home and recovered as quickly as possible. And let me, now the, the reverse is also true, and you were right, there are a lot of wonderful hospitals in Seattle, and there are a lot of wonderful doctors and wonderful nurses, and this is not to disparage any of that system in any way, but the reality is, is that in if you have a multiple uh, wing of a hospital that's treating all kinds of patients, and the pain, the pain protocols that they use are like, exam. my sister had also, she's had two hips replaced. And uh, um, so I'm hoping that I don't get to look forward to that. But she's had two hips replaced and she had it in another hospital. She didn't use your service. And what happened was that the nurses, when they change shifts, they have a deal where you need to call if you are in pain. Well, what would happen is she'd fall asleep, she'd get into pain, and then she would call or she would forget when she had her pain medication because she was in pain. And, and so she was on a roller coaster of pain, so she wasn't able to get up and move. And she was, wasn't able to sleep. She wasn't able to get any rest. And they weren't taking care of her like, like it was a particular protocol that they were following because the doctor and the nurses, the nurses work for the hospital, the doctor works Else, he's, he's a private guy, and so they don't answer necessarily to him. The nurses and the protocol is yours, is your creation, isn't it? Well, yeah, our orthopedic department at Valley developed this, and, and I think we're all uh, bought into this whole concept quite heavily, and uh, I think it works well. And that was one of my frustrations before we opened this joint center is that we'd have patients on a surgery floor, and we'd have patients who'd had their gallbladder removed or had spine surgery or various other things. And so the care for each kind of, of surgery is a bit different. And often patients wouldn't get the specialized care I thought they needed. The other benefit of having our own ward is that you have the same nurse for day shift every day you're there, the same evening uh, shift nurse, and the same night nurse. And so you get to know these people, they get to know you. And so it just makes it for a, uh, makes for a much more beneficial experience. And I think that's the thing that patients really appreciate. They, I think we exceed their expectations. People get used to having certain types of medical care. And when you have the same nurse throughout your stay, you, you, you become friends with that nurse and they take a special interest in you and care for you in a unique kind of way. And I think that's what really makes people like yourself quite happy they came there. Oh, I'll tell you, it was it, the the day shift nurse in particular, and the the swing shift and graveyard were wonderful. But the day shift gal and I bonded. She was very interested in my in my development as I went along, and she was kind of disappointed that I left a day early. They kind of like to keep people like you around because they like talking to you. <laughs> and she was, she was wonderful fun. And, yeah, I may not be the typical patient because I'm a little bit younger and, and I seldom shut up. You should see, you should see me on medication. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm really obnoxious on medication, but but it was it was a great thing, and you literally changed my life. Then, and I thank you for that. Well, it's our pleasure. It's a it's a pleasure to see people like yourself uh, come in, have a problem, get it fixed, and be able to go on with their life and enjoy things. So it's a it's a great reward to us. And you are down in Renton, and it is Valley Orthopedics. Valley Orthopedic Associates. Yeah, our office is right next to the hospital. And uh, all of my partners practice there, and, and we have a group of 10 different orthopedic surgeons and some other associated physicians. And uh, we have kind of a unique practice because not only do we take care of patients, but we also do research and, and follow our patients up, as we talked about earlier in the show. Let's talk about the technology a little bit of, of hip replacements and knee replacements. I know that it's improved quite a little bit, and the device that you helped develop that I'm wearing, um, they say 15 years, but I suspect I'm going to get a lot longer use out of this. Well, we hope so. It's a it's a a front or a, a program that's changing quite a bit. Actually, the implants that we use now are very similar to the implants that we used in the past, but uh, there's been some changes. For instance, in the bearing surface, the the classic hip replacement consisted of a metal and plastic or high density polyethylene bearing surface. What we've seen over the last several years is the reintroduction of metal on metal the reintroduction of ceramic on ceramic. These are bearing surfaces that have been around since the 70s, but because of concerns about metal and polyethylene, there was an emergence of this technology again. Now, the polyethylene or plastic that we use has changed, and you have the newer type technology plastic. It's called a highly cross-linked polyethylene, and it appears in studies to wear much less than the traditional polyethylene. And and then some of the recovered ones that have been taken out for various reasons, it looks like there's wear reduction of 50 to 80%. And when we talk about wear, that is really the Achilles heel of joint replacement. The wear of the plastic, the metal, or the ceramic over time is what leads to failure of the implant. It's much like a car tire. I tell my patients, you drive a tire, you drive a car, your tires wear out after 30 or 40,000 miles. You get new tires. Well, same thing's true with joint replacement. The bearing surface can wear out, and that's what usually leads to failure and the need for revision down the road. And so when you're looking at the plastic or the ceramic or the metal-on-metal, which is the best one, or are they applicable for each situation? Well, they all have their pluses and minuses. There's no clear-cut winner at this particular time. Certainly the gold standard is metal against polyethylene or plastic. That's been around since the 1960s. Uh, Metal-on-metal allows us to use a little larger ball, if you will, in the total hip, and so we get better range of motion. And so in patients who have a need, for instance, cyclists or people who do mountain climbing, often will turn to the metal-on-metal hip because it gives us better range of motion. The ceramic hips seem to have the least amount of wear when studied in the laboratory, but there have been certain problems with those in the past, and we're, we're watching this. So each bearing surface has its pluses and minuses. Unfortunately, there's a lot of talk on the air, on the Internet, that there's lifetime hips or lifetime knees, and that's simply not true. Uh, the data we know is what's happened over the previous 15 years. We'll know a lot more over the next 15 years. And what we found is sometimes the laboratory data that we've relied on has not panned out and been true when we actually put these implants in humans. Absolutely. When we come back, I, I want to ask you what I can't do, because I tell you, I, I have a full range of, range of motion, and I have absolutely no pain, except when I have to go through the metal detector at the, at the, at the airport, and then that's not pretty. But we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're talking to Dr. William Barrett from uh, Valley Orthopedics. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host here on KKNW 1150 AM, your alternative talk radio station. And we're talking with Dr. William Barrett. He is an orthopedic surgeon, correct? 
That's correct. And he specializes in joint replacement. Let's talk a little bit about you. What decided you on joint replacement? Well, uh, what decided me, what made me decide to go to medical school? I don't know. I like science and ended up in medical school and then decided to go uh, do orthopedics because orthopedics was a lot of fun. I looked at the people who were doing orthopedic surgery when I was a, res- when I was a medical student. They seemed like they had a good time. Patients got better. They came in with a problem, got fixed. So I went into the orthopedic residency here at the University of Washington. And while doing that, I decided the joint replacement seemed like a very rewarding field. Uh, patients tended to get better rather quickly. Uh, they're very appreciative. And so I went off and did a fellowship at Harvard uh, doing joint replacement and arthritis surgery for a year and uh, been happy I made that decision. Oh, very cool. Because you're right. I see people limp in to your facility and then walk out. Or or they, they've got a, a shoulder or knee. Now, there were actually people who were having double knee replacement surgery, and they were walking after two and three days, isn't, weren't they? That's correct. Yeah, people, if they have both knees equally involved with arthritis and have pain in both knees, and if they're otherwise healthy, we'll give them the option if they'd rather do both knees at once. It's, it's no problem. It takes just about two and a half hours to do both knees. And uh, the benefit is it's one anesthetic, one recovery. And while you hurt, you don't hurt twice as much if you have two knees done. So the first day or two, they feel a little bit like, my God, what did I do to myself? But as you mentioned, they quickly get up, get walking, and usually leave the hospital in four or five days after their surgery. Now, I know the technology of hips pretty well because I have one. And I can tell you that other than taking care of myself and not trying to run and play basketball and do a lot of things which they tell me I can't do anymore, um, it's it's virtually the same as my regular one. It can Are knees the same way? Knees are very similar. I think if you had patients who had both a hip and a knee done, they would tell you that the knee replacement's a harder recovery. The first six weeks are more difficult because you have to not only work on walking, but you have to work on getting your motion back. But knee replacements work extremely well. People are able to return to uh, golf, uh, doubles, tennis, riding a bike, swimming. Like the hip, we try to counsel people not to engage in high-impact sports like running, jogging, things that put a lot of impact load on the joint. But people are able to get out and enjoy themselves. And I think if you look at the results at 10 years or 5 years, hip replacement patients and knee replacement patients are both very happy and have about a 95% success rate. So... The, the the bottom line here is, is that if you have knee pain or if you have hip pain and your primary care physician has said, you know, you need to wait till you're 65 to have that done, assuming that you're going to live to 80. But if you're like my sister, who was 48 at the time, 48, 49, and taking um, anti-inflammatories and pain medication from the time she was 48 to the time she was 60, she was scared her liver one day was going to fall out of her body. And, uh, and that would be the end of that. So she wouldn't make it that far. So she's had them both done and she's just very, very happy. Um, now having both of them done as in her case, is there a problem with getting, getting the legs the same length? Is that, is that, can that be something that you have to consider as well? Oh, it sure is. And I think that's one of the bigger challenges, challenges in hip replacement. That is getting the limb length the same. So with knee replacements, you can't alter the length of the leg, but hip replacements, you certainly can. So we go through quite a few steps, both before surgery, during surgery, uh, to make sure that we get the legs the same length. Because if, uh, if we get it off, patients notice it and they're not happy about that. As a matter of fact, my sister grew an inch. Yeah, well, that can happen, particularly because as your joint wears out, the bone moves closer together because the cartilage wears out. And so once you fix that, you will get taller. Would you describe for us what 
arthritis of the knees or hip actually is? Well, there's different forms of arthritis. The most common, which most people are afflicted with, is called osteoarthritis or wear and tear arthritis. And that affects typically people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. But as you found out, it can affect people in their 40s and 50s. And basically what that is is the wearing away of the cartilage, which is the surface covering of the joint. And so you get exposure of underlying bone, and then you have bone rubbing against bone, and that's quite painful. Now, another type of arthritis is called rheumatoid arthritis, and that's an inflammatory condition that can affect the entire body, the joints of the hands, the feet, the hips, the knees, shoulders, uh, the jaw. Osteoarthritis typically affects weight-bearing joints, hips and knees primarily. So those are the two main types of arthritis, and what it involves is a wearing away of the covering of the surface of the joint. Why is it that I hurt everywhere but my knee or but my hip? When, when my hip was bad, because I, I hurt my leg, I hurt my knee, I hurt my foot, but my hip didn't seem to bother me. Well, it's funny what people call their hip. We as orthopedic surgeons think of hip as, as the area right in the middle of the groin because that's the center of rotation of the ball and socket joint in the hip. But the pain can be located in the groin on the side in the, in the buttock region, and the pain can radiate down the leg. And the reason that you get this radiating pain is often the innervation of the hip shares innervation with another nerve that supplies the front part of the thigh. So patients will often come in and say, my thigh hurts, my knee hurts, when in reality, the pain is coming from the hip joint. Oh, so, so had I known better, I could have saved a lot of money on an MRI by going to you first, and you could have even it, just sitting there, because it was so infuriating, because a gentleman I went to had, had done his residency in a joint replacement clinic, and so he knew a lot about it. So, and he ended up being a back doctor, but, but I mean, had my regular doctor known my primary care physician, a simple test to tell the difference between back pain and hip pain, I could have saved 1600 bucks. Well, that's true. But often it's confusing because sometimes uh, back pain will masquerade as hip pain and the, and vice versa. So it's sometimes it's challenging and people can often end up having a back operation when in reality, the problem was with their hip. I would hate to have that happen. An MRI is one thing, but but to have a back operation, you know what? I've got good news and I got bad news. There's nothing wrong with your back. The bad news is we operated anyway. Yeah. Well, it is sometimes <laughs> difficult to know, and usually in those kind of situations, people will have something with wrong with their back, and they will have benefited somewhat from the back surgery, but it won't eliminate the pain that was there from the hip. Oh, and that when that happens, that's what you call a doctor dancing and and selling you on why you had the back surgery. You know, we did this, and we're able to clean up this, and I imagine that. And nobody's perfect. That's why they call it practicing, don't they? That's right. That's why it's a practice of medicine. And because you guys, but I'll tell you what, you, for my money, you are a godsend to me, and I thank you for it. I thank you for the work that you're doing, and the reason that you're here is as a public service to our listeners because we have a lot of folks that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that listen that need to know. If you're in pain, go see Dr. Barrett in, at, at Valley Orthopedics, and he can help you determine how to, to best to take care of it. And then if you decide you do need to have surgery, it is the best possible situation to put yourself in, to put yourself into a clinic that does nothing but take care of it. As a matter of fact, it's interesting because we had our orientation early in the morning on Monday and I walked through the, the wing and you know, normally you walk through a hospital and you see beds are full and people are coming and going. This was a ghost town because there were, there were staff there, but there were nobody in any beds because everybody was having surgery that day. 
And as they had surgery, the ward would fill up. And then by Friday, 5 o'clock, which is another reason why you have Nazi nurses over there, is that by Friday, 5 o'clock, they want everybody out. Well, that's true. The ward closes on Friday, and that was one of the things that helped me sell this to the hospital is that it wasn't open on weekends. And so you're absolutely right. You come Monday, there's nobody there. We'll typically do 10 or, or 12 cases on Monday and uh, 6 or 8 cases on Tuesday. So people go through the recovery at the same time. And that way we have a fixed endpoint, which is Friday. Now, obviously, if you're not ready to go home, we don't just throw you on the street. We transfer you to one of the other wards in the hospital. But the joint center is a Monday through Friday, kind of like the old banks. And mm-hmm. uh, that makes it very easy for the nurses to make sure they know what the endpoint is. So it's worked out very, very well. And just so everybody knows, when we talk about going home or being able to go home from the, the recovery of the surgery... One of the things that you have to be able to do if if you have stairs in your home is to be able to walk up and down stairs by the time that you leave the hospital. And I walked upstairs when I had my surgery done at 8, 8 o'clock Monday morning. And by Wednesday at 2 o'clock, they had me walk and I walked up and down two flights of stairs with the aid of a crutch. That to me was nothing short of a miracle. Well, it's amazing what people can do when they put their mind to it. And what we've found is by educating people ahead of time in the seminar that you mentioned, and we tell people what the expectations are, people accept those. And they say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And as you found out for yourself, you you realize two days after surgery, you're able to walk up and down a flight of stairs. So I think if we set people's expectations correctly, we'll be able to obtain those goals. And and it's been reality. So it's been a very reassuring uh, situation. Dr. Barrett, if somebody wants to get a hold of you at Valley Orthopedics, how do they do it? Well, they give our office a call, and the number is 425-656-5060. They can make an appointment. And the good news is, as you and I have sat here chatting, is the majority of people don't end up having surgery. Most people with pain in their hip or their knee have a condition that's usually treatable with anti-inflammatory medication or physical therapy or modification of activity. But when the joint wears out and, and there's no cartilage left, and we can see that on x-ray, then we have options including surgery. So I don't want all your radio listeners to be thinking all we do is operate on everybody we see. We have lots of patients that we treat conservatively with non-operative means. I can tell you what, though. By the time I got to you, I was so relieved when you said, ah, nothing we can do. You're going to have to have surgery. And because I had tried going, I tried the chiropractor, I tried acupuncture, I tried medication, I tried a lot of stuff to get out of pain so that my wife and I could walk the dog for heaven's sakes. And by the time I came to see you and it was time that we knew I was at the end of my road, I couldn't walk more than two or three blocks without significant limpage as, as I was limping along. And, and so it, it literally changed my life. Well, it's a very typical story. Most people have difficulty going even short distances, and even routine things that we take for granted become painful, and you find that shopping, you can't even go and walk through the mall. You have to get in your car, drive, and park in front of the store you're going to, get out and go to that store. So we take a lot for granted. It's difficult when we have pain. That's the one thing I regret is now I can go shopping with my wife. So, you know, but other than that, it worked out wonderfully well. I can go play with my kids and do all that kind of stuff. And thank you for that. You've given me my life back. Go see Dr. Barrett, and your phone number again is? 425-656-5060. We need to take a break at the top of the news for, or for the top of the hour, and we've got commercials, and then we'll be back right after that. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio, Dr. William Barrett from Valley Orthopedics. Thank you, and we'll be right back. 